Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. Have you ever, have you ever been to somebody's house? You ever been to somebody's house and you're there for dinner, you're there for a visit, and you notice that like one of their picture frames is like crooked. Ever, 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 um, you, you, ever you ever been there? And you're trying to, you know, you're trying to have fellowship, you're trying to eat, and, and that frame, that frame is like, it's like talking to you, like, you know, and, and you want to go and adjust it, but, but you know you really can't because you might offend them. And, and the whole time you're fellowshipping, you're wondering, like, how do these people live like this? Like, do they, don't they see the frame? Don't they see that it's, that it's, it, is it just me? Any, anybody else? And, and then, and then you're wondering in your mind, maybe when they leave the room, I can just. And you're like, that's why we don't have you come to our house. You know, that's, uh, but, but I, but I say that, I say that in saying this. So I want to give you the story behind the story because when, when the renovations were occurring at the house, the, the construction guys had this particular tool that I absolutely was fascinated by. And the tool was a combination of a laser light with a level. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? Hey, Susan, you know what I'm talking about, right? So not only a level, which by the way, you know those levels, they're actually called spirit levels. Man, that, that'll preach right there. But so, so they, they, in modern times, how they, they've combined a laser with a spirit level. And I was, I was fascinated. So, you know, I hope he's not watching today. But um, he would leave his tools there. And, and so I was like fascinated. So, you know, I, I became like this master frame hanger. And, and, and I wanted to square things off in, in the house. And even the way I positioned some of my speakers. And so I was using this laser everywhere. And, and uh, you know, then, then when he, he would come over, I'd say, hey, show me how this, how this self-leveling thing works. And he would show me. And, and then I thought, you know what? I thought, I want to buy one. This thing, this thing is so cool. I, I just want to buy one. I want, I want to buy a, you know. And, and I, so I said, hey, uh, I said, uh, Big Mon. Because, you know, the Jamaican man. I said, Big Mon, how, how much, you know? And, <laughs> Yaman, Yaman, I, Yaman, on the big man. I said, big man, how much for the, uh, that is, that's Jamaica, by the way. And so, uh, he said to me, he said to me, ah, oh, you know, it's about six, seven hundred bucks. And I thought, yeah, maybe I don't need a laser that bad, you know? Because you see, we all want to be square. We just don't want to pay for it. And, and, and you know, you know what I found out? I found out through the renovation, I found out through this laser level or that I don't think there's a straight wall in my house. Honestly, when they built this thing, 
You know, in the 80s, there was a boom. They were just slapping up houses my, in the basement. My cement is like, you know, it goes like this. And, and, so I, and, and every time I go to hang something, I'm like, that wall's not straight. That ceiling's not straight. That floor is, is not straight. And I, and, and I, I began to think, and I, I, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, do you have a laser? Do you have a spirit level? Do you, do you have something within your arsenal, within, within your toolkit that, that helps us to make adjustments? Huh? That, that brings us into alignment with your word and with your character. And, and the reality is this, church. The reality is that if you look at your life with your naked eye, you're not going to see anything that's out of place. Hmm? You're going to look, it's all good, it's all square. It looks, it looks great, but you know, that's why David, the psalmist, he said, my, my naked eye deceives me. Then he prayed this prayer and he said, search me. Search me, O oh Lord, and, and know my heart and know my thoughts. In other words, allow the, allow the laser of the Spirit Allow the pinpoint accuracy, allow the spirit level of, of, of the spirit of God to measure me so that I might know the places that, that maybe I'm out of alignment, that, that maybe requires adjustment. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a tool, there was a couple of things. There was a tool that, that they used, the builders used, something called a plumb line which is really the old version of today's laser level. Can I just say something today? Based on the technology of today, nothing should be out of place. Everything ought to be a straight line based on, on the technology that we have. And when you, when you look back and look at the pyramids and different things and, and the things that they, they built, you really have to admire their ingenuity, their, their proficiency, their ability, their desire to build incredible things even with with limited tools i mean i mean today you can you can go on any app hello and almost design anything you want and by the way i think they even have these these lasers on a on a phone on an app give you measurements and i mean i mean what a phenomenal day truly when you think about technology what a phenomenal day in, in, in which we live in. And, and not only did they have a plumb line, but in particular in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about a cornerstone. That when the builders built, and I remember they rejected the cornerstone, but, but from a, a construction standpoint, there would be a cornerstone, a keystone that, that would be part of the building where everything would launch from to make sure that the building was not only beautiful, but that the building was square. That the building was sound. And if, if this cornerstone was wrong, the entire building was wrong. Because my friends, listen, the, the cornerstone was foundational. It was foundational to your building. You see, even if the foundation of your house today is off, the rest of your house is off. You can slap all the paint you want. Hello? You can slap all the paint you want on about if foundationally... How many times 
Do we cosmetically focus on something when God says, I'm after the foundations, I'm, I'm after the root issues of things, I'm, I'm after the adjustments in your, in your life. And you know, even as we come into a, a new year, you know, we, we always believe that it's these massive changes, it's, it's the silver bullet, it's, the, it's, it's you know, the big thing that's going to change my life. The reality is this, what the Spirit of God does in your life and my life is these micro-adjustments that bring about great change. These micro-adjustments that bring about transformational change. And when we talk about change, my friends, listen, you and I have an incredible advantage because we have the Holy Spirit. We're not, we're not just relying on human ability. We're, we're not relying on human ingenuity and just willpower, although we have that too. But then God says, I'm going to put my spirit in you to guide you, to lead you, to speak to you, to, to adjust you. And the way he does it really is by vision. God gives us vision. God opens our eyes that we might see. Paul said it this way to the Ephesians. He says that the eyes of your what? Of your understanding might be enlightened or, or the eyes of your heart. Did you know that your heart had eyes? That your heart sees and it, and it perceives. And so when we, when we come to Christ, I'm coming to the word of God. When we come to Christ, it might not be as traumatic as the, as the Apostle Paul, but you recall on, the, on his way to Damascus that the Lord knocked him off his high horse and, and blinded him for three days because Paul thought that he saw. He thought he saw what was right. He thought he saw reality. He thought he saw that, that you know, imprisoning these believers and these followers of Jesus was the thing to do, that he thought he was doing the world a favor. When in reality, he was on the wrong path. And, and so the Lord appears to him and says, you know, you, you, you kick against the goads or the, or, or the bricks. In other words, you are, you're kicking against the wrong thing. And so I'm going to blind you that you might see. Yes. I'm going to blind you that you might see. And three days later, Ananias comes and the Bible says he laid hands on him and, and scales, scales fell off his eyes. When, when you and I become born again, scales come off our eyes. Suddenly for the first time we see correctly, we, we see clearly, we call that clarity. We, we say things like, how could I have been so blind? It's not the song I, I once was blind, but now I see. But it's not only at salvation, but literally God works by vision. Can I make a statement that could it be, I thought about this in worship, could it be that if we struggle in an area, whatever that area might be in our life, could it be that we lack vision? See, we always think, oh, it's, it's faith. No, 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 I, I really believe people have faith. But do they always have vision? When, when, I, when I watch what's happening in the cities of America, in our own cities, when, when you watch what's happening in San Francisco, downtown Toronto, downtown Vancouver, people that are, that are strung out and bent over on fentanyl and other drugs, you, you, know, you know what they are lacking? They're lacking vision. They believe there is no future and therefore they, they give themselves over to a drug. They, they give themselves over to a temporary moment, believing that a temporary moment is greater than the vision because they have no vision. The enemy has blinded them. That's why New Year's Eve when I talked about blind Bartimaeus and 
blind Bartimaeus leaving behind his identity, leaving behind his garment that associated him with being a beggar and being blind and, and allowed him, though, allowed him to earn an income because that, that garment allowed him to receive alms. And, and how many of God's people, how many of God's people have settled for being a blind beggar on the road, hoping that people will give them a few dollars so that they can survive the day, but in reality, they have no greater vision than that. God, save us from such a life. God, save us so that we can save our children. Because not only do we need vision for ourselves, we need vision for our children. We need vision for the future generation so that they won't give in. So they won't be lost. So they won't give up. I've come here to tell you not to give up. I've, I've come here to tell you to see. To open your eyes. I, I believe that's what David was saying when he said that, that, that we would have lost heart. He said, I would have lost heart if I didn't believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In 2024, may we see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody ought to praise God for that. Thank God for the sweet by and by. and Thank God for eternity. And we will, we will ultimately arrive there at our own time. But while we are here, I don't know about you, church. I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I want to see the move of God. I want to see the supernatural ability of what God can do. I want you to stand with me. We're going to read three scriptures out of Chronicles. First Chronicles. Am I doing okay? Am I doing okay? First Chronicles. I want to read verse 9. I want to read verse 10. I want to read verse 20. Verse 20 is the verse that God gave me for 2024 that I share with you. But in verse 9, he says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. Know your God. Know the God of your father. Hmm? Notice, serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. In verse 10, now consider, for the Lord has chosen you. Say, chosen me. See, the truth is, many people don't believe they're chosen. Well, you know, pastor, I just kind of showed up. No, 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 no. If you have any understanding of God and any understanding and relationship with Jesus, I can assure you, you've been chosen by God. Not even of your own doing. He says, the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Now watch this. Be strong and do it. You just turn to your neighbor and say, be strong and do it. Hmm? You know, Nike, Nike built a multi-billion dollar empire literally on just do it. A little swoosh. I don't know if they got that from the Bible or not. God's a great marketer, but something as simple as just do it. And then in verse 20, and David said to his son Solomon, be strong and of good courage and do it. There it is again, and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God, my God, 
will be with you. There, there, there is the answer to every issue of life. God's with me. I keep telling that to people. I pray it over people. God's with us. God, by the way, I, I tell myself that. I prophesy and I remind myself, God's with you. 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 He's with you in life. He's with you in retirement. He's, he's with you on the job. He's with you at school. God is with you. Can I just say this? Don't leave home without him. Huh? That's another marketing thing. Who, who said that? Don't leave home without it. American Express. Yeah, they just want to charge you interest. Forget that. Don't leave home without God. And so he says, be strong and of good courage and do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord your God will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. In other words, until you have fulfilled what God has called you to do, God will not leave you. God will not forsake you. God will not abandon you. you come on, somebody. Just before you're seated, I want, you to, I want to give you a Selah moment. Do you know why the Bible constantly repeats, I will not forsake you, I will not forsake you. Jesus said, I will not forsake you, I will not leave you. Do you know why? you know why the Bible constantly repeats that? Because Jesus knows what it's like to be forsaken. He knows what it's like to be abandoned. He, he knows the emotional agony and outcry of, of hanging on a cross and having everybody leave you and even your father forsaking you. And by the way, all the nails, the cross, the whipping, everything that could have killed him and did not. The moment he said, why have you forsaken me? Then he could die because he knew, I can't live without the father. God knows what it's like to be forsaken. That's why he says, I will not forsake you. And because Jesus was forsaken, you and I will never be. He paid that price. The Father will never forsake us. He fulfilled that already for you. So you will never be forsaken. You'll never be abandoned. You'll never be forgotten in the sense of, of the Father. Oh, people might forsake you never our father we thank you Lord for your word open our eyes bless the people of God let faith rise in this room Lord we give you room and permission laser us level us today in Jesus mighty name Amen. Before you're seated, I want you to turn and tell some people to be strong and very courageous. Come on, say, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. I just want to share a few thoughts with you and then, and then I'm, I'm going to release you to, uh, to be and enjoy the the rest, of, the rest of your day, I've called the message today, The Persistent Truth.
Last week, we spoke out of Peter about the present truth. I want to speak to you about the persistent truth, which means to be constant in spite of opposition, obstacles, and discouragement. The persistent truth is to be constant in spite of opposition, obstacles, and discouragement. And if we're honest with ourselves, we have all of those things, and we have it in heavy, heavy doses. How many know that it is easy to become discouraged? It, it, it is easy in the midst of everything that we are, that we are facing, that we hear about, whether it's global crisis, whether it's nuclear war, what's happening in the Middle East, what's happening right here in our, in our country, the price of food, the price of gas. We have, we have a, a, a crazy NDP communist mayor in Toronto that wants to raise taxes 16.5%, and I'm sure that all the rest of the mayors are watching this uh, to see how, how that goes along, and, 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 and so that they get ideas about how they can raise your taxes, and, and you kind of wonder, where in the world does it all end? Where in the world does it all end? There, there, is, there is more than enough to become dismayed. The, the word literally means to despair, to, to be in stress. And, and how am I going to make it? And how my children are going to make it? And what's, what's going to be the future? And, and so, so many times because of opposition and, and the picture that the enemy creates in our lives, it is very, very difficult to see the picture that God creates in our lives. And the picture that God creates in our lives is always about vision. That's why I believe that God speaks to us prophetically. Why? Because the prophetic word is God's infomercial of what is going to come in the future. And no matter what the circumstances may be, God always says, in the midst of it, I have a better plan. In the midst of it, I have vision for you. In the midst of it, I have good desires for you. And we can quote Jeremiah 29, 11, and that, by the way, that remains true even to us today. I know the plans. I know your future. I have good plans, says God. I, I want to give you a future. I want to give you a hope. Somebody called me this week because they, they needed some clarity on, on a ministry and a business that they wanted to start. And the person said to me, as a former student, he said, you know, God's been speaking to me out of Jeremiah 29, 11. He goes, I understand it's not written to me. Can I, can I apply this word to my life? Does, does this word mean, is God speaking to me through this word? And I said to him, listen, I said, when God speaks to us through the word of God, even though it's not directly spoken to us, how many understand that there are principles that we can draw from the word because the word is living. And if you have faith to see it, that means you can take the principles of that particular passage and apply it to your life and then begin to hear what the spirit of God is saying. That's the way we apply the word of God. That's why we look to the word of God and we look to the people of God and say, how did God lead those people? How did God display himself? How did he show himself? How did he communicate? What was it that they were seeing that I need to see so that faith is ignited? Because you see, when you get vision, faith is ignited. When, when you get vision, creativity is ignited. When, when you get vision, passion is ignited. And, and all of a sudden, you, uh, you begin to hope and you begin to say, there is a, a better way. God wants to do something. This is why we get excited at the beginning of the year, because vision, vision kind of begins to operate and we think, well, what could be? What could this year hold? And if I, if I were to do this, and if God were to do that, and, and what are the possibilities? And we get, we get excited. Now we get excited at vision, but because we lack systems, 
then our vision only takes us so far, and then we fall back, we fall back on our regular routines. We fall back on our regular patterns. We, we fall back on our regular slavery and everything else. And, and then we wait till December the 27th and then we start getting excited and then we kind of repeat the cycle. But in reality, in the midst of it, we might not have transformation. Come on, somebody. Now, I don't want you to live like that. I don't want you to live your life in circles or in constant repetitions that take you nowhere. I, I want you to begin to make progress spiritually. I want you to begin to make progress in every aspect of your life, whether it's spiritual, mental, emotional, marital, financially, whatever it is that you're believing God for, whatever it is that that area of life that maybe God is putting the, the laser beam of, of his spirit upon and is saying, hey, I need you to square up in this area. Area. And the beauty of God, of our God, is that he never says, and by the way, you're doing it on your own. Right. By the way, it's all about willpower and it's all about human strength and human ability, although there's plenty of that. God has given us that, thank God. But he says, no, 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 on top of that, on top of that, I will anoint you by my spirit. I, I will give you my gifts. I will give you my ability. I, I will grace you to make it happen. This is the partnership that Pastor Moses was talking about earlier that, that God is saying, I'm committed to the process. I, I'm committed to your success. However it is you define that, God says, I'm committed because in reality, it's my vision. Are you living the vision that God has for your life or are you living your own vision? I'm going to say that again. Are you living the vision that God has for your life or are you living your own vision? You see, if you are living the vision that God has for you, then God is committed to the process. Listen, God is only committed to the vision that he provides. You, you can't say to God, here's what I'm going to do and you know, I just want you to, no, 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 no. Are you living the vision that God has provided for you and do you see that vision? Do you see it? Do you believe it? Do you have the courage then to live it out? And are you aligned? That's what that laser is all about. Are you aligned to what is required? Do I see it? Do I believe it? Do I have the courage to live it out? And am I aligned to it? Many, many people simply do not have the courage. They see it. They believe it. Looks good, God. I like it. I don't have the courage. And by the way, if you don't have the courage, you're in great company because the Bible is full of people that just didn't have the courage. Moses didn't have the courage. Jeremiah didn't have the courage. People, uh, uh, Ezekiel, you know, they just did not have the courage to fulfill it without God. Without God. But you and I have God. Amen. And God is saying to us in this day, be strong and be courageous. Don't fear. Don't get dismayed. Don't, don't get caught up in all the negativity that, that is around you. Don't get caught up in all the noise and, and focusing on what the devil is doing and what this government's doing and what Putin is going to do and the Koreans and all the, and the nukes and the atomics and all, and all the rest of it. Listen, the Bible tells you about all these things. And he always says, don't lose heart. As a matter of fact, you know what Jesus said? He says, when you see these things, he goes, look up. Look up. 
Notice, look up. New vision, look up. God, what are, what are you to look up? He said, because your redemption is drawing nigh. Your redemption is drawing nigh. You know, I said in the, in the first service, and I'm going to say it here again, you know, right now, everything, everything is about fixing you. You notice that? This machine will fix you, and this program will fix you, and that diet will fix you, and this book will fix you, and this, this YouTube thing will fix you, and, and honestly, I'm tired of being fixed. No disrespect to anybody, but I don't want to be fixed. Some of you are going to get that about three o'clock. I don't want to be fixed. I want to live by vision. And, and I want to be around people that have vision. And I want to be around people that are going somewhere. Young people, if you have friends that are not going anywhere, dump those friends. Because those friends are losers. And they're going to take you in the path of losers. I want to be around people that are going somewhere, that are progressing somewhere, that have a vision for life. Get away from the moaners, the whiners, the complainers that are constantly sucking you of your life, of your vision, of your hope. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those people are worse than that crooked frame. Right? You, you spend five minutes with them and you want to kill yourself. They are, they are drainers, life-sucking people. And I'm not suggesting that we don't, we don't love them, we don't minister to them. Don't, I'm not teaching you some kind of superiority. But what I, but what I am saying is, is in this year, you're going to have to qualify the people that are around you. Qualify the voices. Qualify the voices that you are listening to. I don't know if you remember this story, but when... When I was first hired into the corporate office at, at Shoppers, they gave, they gave me a mentor. They gave me a mentor. As a, as a district manager, they gave me a mentor. And then one, one day, my, my boss says to me, I want to take you out. I want to take you out. He, you know, I don't even know if, if he said for lunch. or He goes, I just want to take you out. And, and we, we got in the car, and we start driving. And he just starts yelling at me. But I'm in the car. Like, I'm not going to, you know. Like he was smart enough to know that the doors are locked and we're traveling at high speed. And, and, and by the way, I have a relationship with this man to this day. He still calls me, still connects with me. He's retired, whatever. But, 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 but he said to me, he said, you know, you're, you're, you're becoming so negative. People are talking about you. You're becoming so negative. You are, you, you know, you've been just, you've just been promoted and, and you're about to destroy your career because of your negativity and the way you look at things and the way you communicate. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm listening to him and I'm not understanding what he's saying to me. But you see, he began to open my eyes. He began to open my eyes to the fact that this mentor, which they had given me, and I said to him, you know, and he said to me, he goes, your relationship, you know who this is, your relationship, and he was a friend of mine, by the way, your relationship with this individual is destroying you, and you don't even see it, it's going to destroy your career. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, create space. 
Create space between you and him. Because you are being infiltrated. You are, your, your, your thoughts are being colored. Your language, you're talking like him. You're seeing like him. You're, you're pessimistic. Anybody know what I, I don't know why I'm saying this to somebody. But, and, and so I, I, began, I began to create distance. Now watch this. I didn't know how how manipulative the relationship was, but we kind of had this relationship we would go to. Those of you that work in a corporate office, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. So it'd be like whoever got there first would save the person the seat. You know, so I would save a seat for him, he'd save a seat for me. So in creating the distance, I went and sat with other people. And then when he got there and he was late and then later he begins to chide me you didn't save me a seat what's what's wrong with you he began all of a sudden I recognized wow dude you are manipulative you are you you somehow have hooks in my life you are you're you're controlling even where where we sit now I never saw it before because I thought oh I'm 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 just doing a nice thing and he does a nice thing but what I didn't realize was I was coming under something I have no, this is not in my thoughts and my notes. I have, I have, I'm, I'm speaking this prophetically to somebody that, that sometimes we come under people. We come under people and we don't even know the manipulative power that they have over us. Some of those things need to be broken in the name of Jesus. And I'm not suggesting you, I'm not suggesting you be rude. A lot of people ask me, how do I handle that? Just create some distance. Just create distance. Uh, you know what? I have to trust the Holy Spirit that what I'm saying, does that make sense to anybody? Just anybody. Anyway, Pastor Carolyn knows, you know, we, we remained friends. We were never close again. And, and, and from there, by the way, from there, he was never promoted. My career just skyrocketed. I was promoted constantly. And by the way, every time I got promoted, he got angry. Jealousy. Because, because he, had this, he had this, well, you're my mentor. You, you can't get past me. You, 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 you can't be ahead of me. And so be careful that, that some of the people that are in your life that you believe are for you are actually holding you back. See, so you, you have to be able to discern who the Saul is in your life. I have no, you know what? I, I can only. We'll just trust God. That, that God is, is liberating you and that hopefully some people are, are flashing in front of you right now. Now, please do not go home today and say to your spouse, listen, uh, the Lord spoke to me through pastor and. That is, not, that is not what I'm talking about. All right, let's, let's just. Because then we're going to get what Pastor said. You know what? Uh-huh. And those of you that tell your children, 
we're calling pastor. Don't do that either. <laughs> then they look at me and they're like, I'm like, what? <laughs> I know that it works, but don't do it. All right. When we talk about positioning ourselves really quickly, really quickly, I want to bring you some thoughts because we're talking about, we're talking about that laser. We're talking about that spirit level that, that what brings alignment. It brings alignment to what? Number one, I want you to notice that, that David said to Solomon, I want you to align to courage. I want you to align to this word Gozak, which, which literally means to get a grip. He said, my son Solomon, I want you to get a grip because I want you to be brave. I want you to be courageous. And, and church, remember Bishop Miller would always tell us, you know, in our Timothy team, he would always say this, God can give you strength, but he cannot be courageous for you. Courage has to come from the inside of you. And by the way, Pastor David, it takes courage to retire. It's not an easy thing to, to leave the life you've known, the years that you've known, and, and suddenly go into the, into the unknown. It takes incredible courage. It takes, it takes bravery, Susan, to start a business. It, it, it takes bravery to step out. Pastor Ranjeev and Keisha, and the things that God is even speaking to you about by, by faith, people just think, oh, well, it happens, and I have the reason. No, no, no. It takes bravery, and that bravery, that courage, it comes from the inside. But you know where it does come from? It comes from the fact that I have vision. It comes from the fact that I'm living in the persistent truth. It comes from the fact that I'm living a life that I've been called to and that I'm not in this by myself, that God called me to this life. Therefore, I will have courage to obey what God has told me. Amen. Everybody say, courage comes, from the inside. courage comes from the inside. And by the way, when you try to fake courage, it'll be known. You can't fake it. But let me tell you, when you have courage on the inside, the enemy is terrified of you. When you look at the enemy and you say to the enemy, listen, the worst thing you can do is kill me. And if you kill me, I'm going to be with Jesus. What do you do with a person like that? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love their lives not unto the death. That's your atomic bomb. You're going to kill me. That's your atomic bomb. If you kill me, I'm going to be with Jesus. Huh? If it's my time, it's my time. But you can tell the devil, listen, you can't kill me without Jesus anyway. Now, don't, don't do ridiculous things. But, but be aligned to courage. Number two, be aligned to strength. Be aligned to strength. Uh, there's, a beautiful, there's a beautiful verse in the Old Testament. The Bible says that when, when the raiders had come in and they... They came in and they, they came to Ziklag and they had taken everything, the women, the children, the, the spoils, everything. And everybody spoke about stoning David, the very man they owed their lives to. Now, all of a sudden, they want to blame him. And what does the Bible say? That David strengthened himself. Huh? Church, I want to tell you there are times where there is no worship team, there is no YouTube, there is no sermon, there, there is no, nobody you could call upon. There are times that you're just going to have to learn how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Huh? How to get above, woe is me, and my life is, is falling apart, and, uh, and it's all undone, and oh my God, the world's going to fall on me, that somewhere you have got to learn to stand up and strengthen yourself in the Lord no matter how you do it. Paul said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. 
It is a day to be strong. It is a day to stand up. It is a day to believe. It, it is a day to hold on tightly, courageously to the things we know, the things we believe, because many people are taking the off-ramp. Yes. Matthew 24. Because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. That's talking about the people of God. I could give you statistics about churches and attendance and prayer and, and all the rest of it that, that people are vacating the kingdom. They, they are vacating their salvation. They are, they are walking with Jesus but afar off. What I'm telling you to do is to press in and to get vision and to get vision and to be strong and to be courageous and to be strong even for people that are looking towards you and, and children that are looking towards you and, and that need people that are strong. Because strong people have gone before us. David said, the Lord, my God, Solomon, I, I have served God, made mistakes. But I have served God, I've gone after God, and when I've made mistakes, I've repented, and I've, and I've come back, and I'm instructing you today that, that outside of God, there is no answer, Solomon. Alignment to courage, alignment to strength, alignment to obedience. David said to Solomon, do it. Do it, church. Can I, can I ask you in the last few moments, Akor, you can come up in the, in the last few moments we have today, today. What has God told you to do that you haven't done? What has God told you maybe over years of time? What has he told you to do? What has he told you to accomplish? What, what has he told you to be that you have not done because of fear? Because you've been dismayed? Because you are, you are paralyzed by fear? Because you are distressed, because you're not sure. What is it that you're supposed to do? What is it that you're supposed to be that you haven't done? And God is saying, do it. On Friday, and I need your prayers. On Friday, I'm, I'm supposed to get, you know, I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to get on a plane. And I'm going to Trinidad. I've already got Trini's coming with me on the plane. They're like, Pastor, we need to come. Praise, come. It's not my plane. Come. But I'm going because, because of this thing here, you know, be available. Be available. And in that prophecy that just happened, I think it's September. That's a quick turnaround. Where Tony Foster goes, you're going back to Trinidad. Okay. But then he said something. And you will start a leadership school in Trinidad. I'm like, what does that look like? You want me to start a school in a foreign country? Who's going to help me? How am I going to make it happen? What am I supposed to do? Now I've got an option. I can either fear out or I could press in and say, God, give me vision. God, give me network. God, open my eyes so I see what I'm supposed to do there. Because the truth is this, I've always had this vision. I, I remember seeing this number in a meeting and, and the Lord said to me, you're, you're, I want you to impact 10,000 leaders. 10,000 leaders. How, what does that look like? How do I even, how do I even measure that? And, is this the start of that? Has it started already? 
I, it, it, it doesn't matter to me, church. What, what matters to me is that God spoke to me and I intend to obey what God said to me. Why in that country? And I know Trinis are watching right now. I'm coming. I'm telling you, I'm coming. Cool the spices, but I'm coming. Praise Jesus. Because there's some heat there. Hot temperatures and hot food. And I don't even have my taste tester with me that saves me from all these accidental spices. But, but praise God, none of these deadly things shall harm me. Amen. And so we obey. We obey. Church, we obey in the small things. Will you, will you at least show up? If I tell you you're going to Trinidad, will you buy a plane ticket? Will you pack your luggage? Will you show up? Will you, will you go? Will you align yourself to obedience? Will you align yourself to the small adjustments? We all want these silver bullets. We want these fix me one time, boom, anoint me God, and, and, I'll be, and I'll be great for the rest of my life. No, church, no. It is a process. It is systems. It is culture. It is correction. It is, it is obedience. It is, it is decision after decision after sacrifice and, and, and the lasering of God and, and being measured and, 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 and being measured again and being adjusted again. It's an accumulation. Not a one-time thing. It's a lifetime journey. This is why we created this little tool. You know, put it, put it in your Bible. Put it in your car. We can send it to you digitally. Whichever way, take a picture of it. But, but daily, pray it. Recommit your life. Invite Christ. Follow Him. Be available. Align yourself in 2024. So that you can see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Some of you, get rid of that beggar's garment. I prophesy over you, you are not a blind beggar on the side of the road. You are a child of God, full of vision, full of potential, full of the potentiality of God himself. My friends, there is no limit to what God can do with a willing vessel. No limit. I don't care how old you are, how short you are, how tall you are, whether you have hair, whether you don't have hair. You're fat, you're skinny, you're... I don't care. God can do it.